0: to the Building Abundance Exist series. Our spotlight is on a great new book. In the Name of Emmett Till, How the Children of Mississippi Freedom Struggles Showed Us Tomorrow. It's by our guest, Robert H. Mayer. And he talks a bit about not only the importance of children being involved in the civil rights movement, he talks about also the leadership Uh, People, names we know, like the late Marion Barry and Medgar Evers, Joyce Ladner, who was president of Howard University for a bit, as well as many, many others. And we talk about not only importance of children. This book was actually written with children in mind, teaching them about the importance of civil rights. We have an Emmett Till anti-lynching bill that just passed about a month ago. We talk about the importance of children not only in the schools, colleges, but the role of citizens in society and future leaders. Robert Mayer and I are coming at you right now. I was just reading your awesome book and it's so timely now that the anti lynching bill has passed. You've written a great book. I want you to introduce yourself to our audience and tell a bit about yourself.
1: Sure. Uh, my name is uh, well. My friends call me Bob, but my author name is Robert H. Mayer. Um, I live in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, which is uh, all the way over to the east, almost in New Jersey. And I've been in Pennsylvania my whole adult life. I taught uh, social studies for 12 years. I was a high school social studies teacher in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. And then for 29 years, I was a teacher educator at a small liberal arts college, then Moravian College, now Moravian University. And I've retired um, to become a full-time writer.
0: Awesome. The book is called In the Name of Emmett Till, How the Children of Mississippi Freedom Struggle Showed Us Tomorrow. This is so needed. Kids need to know Um, Who Emmett Till was, as the story, is well over 60 years old, and we're just getting to a bill uh, to really look at anti lynching, but children and young teenagers. I mean, I've worked with several who talk about uh, being teens when they were introduced to the civil rights movement and what it meant. How did you yeah. get um, some of the interviews? Were you able to meet with and or interview some of the, the foot soldiers?
1: Um, I did not do that directly. Um, and this is something that young people can do. They can do the same thing I did. There is a, just a trove of interviews um, online from various sources, including the Library of Congress. And I um, I use those and I use the words of of the the folks in, who did those interviews the, um, the people who were activists in Mississippi I used their words directly in the book but um, so I didn't uh, talk directly to anyone the only one connected with the book is uh, the gentleman who wrote the foreword, uh, Dr. Leslie Burrell-Macklemore, um, who is some, somebody I communicate with, and uh, he was a foot soldier in SNCC and um, in the Mississippi movement.
0: When you go to some of the southern states, including across the street from the 16th Street Baptist Church, you'll see renderings, statues of children. Some um, are marching and others are having water um, doused on them. This is something that is not taught in schools, the, the civil rights movement. There's a gloss over. You hear a few names like a Rosa Parks. You hear a few names like a Martin Luther King. But Rosa Parks was um, having Emmett Till on, on her mind. In fact, that's what um, most of the civil rights in Montgomery uh, was after this Emmett Till, uh, they were really uh, fired up about trying to do something, about how, trying to change laws for public accommodations and schools, having equality in terms of education, etc. Now, in the name of Emmett Till, his mother, to the very end of her life, was trying to keep the story forward, and I know um, somewhere in heaven she's got to be smiling that uh, all her hard work had not been forgotten.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that That's a, a warm feeling for me. I, I, she is uh, really a hero. She is a, a, a brave, brave woman. Um, how she was able to do what she did to... Um, to, well, first of all, she had Emmett Till's body brought back to Chicago, and she did an open casket funeral where thousands of people saw his body, and then um, she um, allowed a photographer to take a picture, and that appeared in Jet Magazine. And that's really where uh, the young people I write about got their um, their knowledge of... Um, Of Emmett Till, and and then also by seeing the picture and finding out about his lynching, they um, they were just they they were they were very young when they first heard it. They were close to his age, many of them, and then several years later they became fervent activists. And you're so right when you say that. that 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 notion of the civil rights movement is not taught. We we think of just the leaders like Dr. King who is is is, is definitely a blessing, but we also need to know about uh the, the foot soldiers and so there's all these young people uh as well as adults in the African American community in Mississippi who uh were the foundation of the movement. So it's important when we teach about the civil rights movement, we we talk about them as well and that idea in the movement.
0: You go through uh, students who are uh, really moved not only by the death of Emmett Till, but they are just uh, dogmatic about trying to make change in the public accommodations, the schooling being able to go to libraries, being able to better their lives economically, educationally, all around. And today we have a bit of those freedoms. We still are fighting for a lot of the rights, but we have them on paper at least. I, I wonder, in your writing this book, are they going to put this, as a, um, a testament into the school systems because right now critical race theory is being challenged.
1: Right. Well, in, in many ways, um, I see the book uh, as an argument for, um, if, if not teaching critical race theory, teaching black history as uh, central to American history, as very important to American history. And um, it's uh it's a story about democracy. So we we had this democracy created in 1776, but it was flawed, it was imperfect. We we had a constitution that codified slavery. So over the years people have had to fight to uh to to, to really shape the democracy. It's it's a work in progress. So the young people that i write about uh who really need to be taught in the schools uh are continuing the work of the founders um, and uh so yeah, yeah it, it it is um, we're at a time where where it is somewhat uh, I, I don't know if it's scary or that that people are challenging the sense that we we need to be teaching black history so I, I would encourage people to read my book because it is an argument for why, why it needs to be in the curriculum.
0: And because now there's an anti-wrenching wall with Emmett Till's name, but I wanted to tell our readers, around that 10-year period, we're talking about uh, segregated times. We're talking about, uh, in the 40s and, and whatnot, integration of the military, a Brown versus Board, and we're talking about not only with Brown versus Board being um, a major law, uh, many of the southern states fighting against public accommodations that these children that you write about are, are trying to um, make a change in so they see a better tomorrow. And there's a lot of that not understood by today's generations, what segregation was. Emmett Till could not. As a young teenager, black boy, look a white guy in an eye. You couldn't see eye for eye. You had to keep your head lowered. And him coming from Chicago, a bit of a progressive place, to Mississippi, probably did not understand and or take seriously um, what his mom and others in the family were telling him before that trip. We're we're talking about blacks who could not eat at lunch counters, could not, say, go to a Walmart, (laughs) could not uh, go to the the public library, which the library today is online. So we have a a disconnect, but I'm glad that this book is out. Let's start with um, the public accommodations that people were fighting for right after McTill was lynched. They were trying to... Um, integrate not only the libraries and schools and because of the lack of education freedom schools and other things popped up uh, for about a decade or so some even longer than that I saw a documentary about how they were teaching young children how to deal with being called the n-word and um it was interesting and, you know, brought tears to my eyes to these kids. They said, "What?" They, the teachers would say, what if? What do you do if somebody calls you the N-word or something derogatory? And they would say, no, I'm not. You know, my name is so-and-so. I'm a child of God. You know, they would really be, you know, in people's face and say, no, I'm not that. No, no, you're not going to call me that. And there are many instances in this book where you've got young kids who really don't have that fear yet. They haven't uh, lived enough of life to know uh, what that fear is, but they just know they they need to change. They need, There needs to be major change within their communities. I was wondering when you were writing this, um, what you were thinking as you went through many of these people's lives, and did you actually see no fear? Because that's what I got from reading. The Young kids, they just said, hey, this is not going to happen with us. We're going to change this. You don't see that much today, although with the death of George Floyd, we have a movement out there in the street, and a multicultural one.
1: That's right. That's right. Uh, Mentioning that, um, and then going back, I, I... I, I attended uh, Black, Live, Black Lives Matter March a couple of Mays ago, um, and I was surrounded by young people, which was uh, such a great feeling that um, young people were responding. When, when, and I, I've started to see people refer to this current generation as the uh, Trayvon Martin generation, uh, kids who are, are seen some some just horrible things, which parallels the young people I wrote about who called themselves the Emmett Till generation. But they, I I, I think they had fear back then. But I think they also uh, didn't always show that fear. Uh, they they um, you're right talking about uh, the segregation and the whole Jim Crow system it's an explanation for why young people became involved in in the whole system one explanation that they were also subject to jim crow which it it didn't just segregate people it was a way to try to make a statement to say to young black kids you're not worth very much for all kinds of signals sent to kids saying well you're you're really inferior etc cetera, etc cetera. and that's the powerful thing about this movement that um, th- this group of kids living under this just ugly shadow standing up and saying no it's not true we are we are somebody as uh, Jesse Jackson r- repeats they they are saying we are somebody and um, we are going to stand up and assert ourselves and um, and 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 take control of our lives and not let other people uh, tell us who we are. So there's these incredible events like you keep mentioning the library, which uh, always resonates for me. The group of uh, nine college students from Tugaloo College in Jackson going to the Jackson Municipal Library and it, it's, it might be inconceivable to young people today or other people today that a library would be segregated that black kids would be kept out of that library their parents paid tax money but they still could not go in it and they said yes we will go in it we're college students we need books uh, we all need books books are precious and we're going to avail ourselves of that. So it, it, it is amazing that these young people lived in that system of Jim Crow and, and asserted themselves, and that's the story that I try to tell.
0: With Emmett Till's um, death, we're talking about the black media, um, Jet, Ebony, other entities that carried the story in full. We got to see the open casket. The world got to see that. Today, the violence is really in your face on your local news, um, and sometimes because of that, people can become desensitized, although still angry about what's going on. Not just with Trayvon Martin, but any you could you could name dozens upon dozens of instances where we've seen. Uh, black Lives. Medgar Evers and um, Damer, Vernon Damer, they were military men, businessmen in Mississippi registering people to vote. But they got their their stars overseas in the military and had to come home to really being kicked. And these kids who looked up to these men and many other leaders. You mentioned Joyce Ladner, um, Marion Barry, uh, people who were kids at that time, um, being raised in a system and challenging it, and then later on going on to be national leaders themselves, which is interesting to read their, their background in this book. Um, you're seeing things differently there because People can't understand the the line drawn. Um, I, I spoke with an entertainer who said that he had to entertain with a line going up the gymnasium until kids were having such a good time, they would, you know, take the dividing line down. No one can really imagine anything that blatant now. So I'm glad that this book is here. Let's talk about... Uh, not only some of the kids, but some of the instances and the, and the tragedy, especially after um, getting a great start and making some strides in integrating or e- equality in getting some public accommodations. And then all of a sudden you get a Megar Evers and a Vernon Damer right in the middle of the 60s taken down. right? Diego Hamer getting beaten and going before... Congress. Um, These were times that people can't really relate to now. They read about it in a book, and it needs to be read. But also, I think that the actual tapes uh, and uh, archives should be looked at, too. Uh, I'm glad that you mentioned these. Vernon Dahmer um, was killed and burned out of his own home and store just for registering people to vote. Mm -hmm. Medgar Evers Pretty much the same thing, trying to make things better for the students who are protesting and
1: supporting them. Right. Yeah, um, th- that's an important thing you're, you're suggesting, um, and it's one of the things that's true in the civil rights movement that I saw and I hope comes through in my book, and that's that sense of generations. So it is a book about young people, but uh, I also talk about some from the earlier generation. So Medgar Evers was a World War II vet. He fought uh, in in Normandy, and then he came back to America and he had to sit in the back of the bus. And and of course the black troops during World War II fought uh, in segregated troops. Uh, so. You know, they were experiencing this contradiction of, of fighting for freedom abroad and then coming home and not experiencing that same freedom. So, Medgar Evers, uh, you're right, he was an insurance salesman and that, that kind of helped him as a, as a civil rights leader because he would be going door to door to try to sell insurance and that allowed him to get to know um, people. And, and that also became his strategy for civil rights, going door to door as well. The, the other important thing about Medgar Evers is that he saw, uh, he had a special link to the young people. I um, mean, he, he was the field secretary for the NAACP, and the NAACP had all these youth groups. And he worked with all those youth groups. So when he was assassinated in 1963, the young people were just devastated by that. It didn't stop them. They continued in the struggle. Uh, I think they came started to come to see that that was part of what the experience was going to be. But they were devastated by uh um, his 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 assassination, it came very close in Jackson to being uh, a fairly violent response, but um, I guess calm prevailed. There was always a push for nonviolence, and that's what prevailed, but it still did not stop the young people from continuing. They continued the struggle, though nonviolently.
0: The struggle attracted people nationally, from different places, from the north. Um, You talk about Mr. Moses, and you are on 1963, the very next year, we've got the shorter Cheney Goodman killings. None of those guys were from, except for one that's from Mississippi. They were were northerners. And um, that, along with a lot of the other things going on, um, you know, President Kennedy's death and um, him actually helping to protect some marchers in various places. Uh, but this death uh, was like national news. Mm-hmm. And um, but you still have people attracted from other states and other places who want to be a part of the Freedom Rides. Uh, going there for summer's while they're in school, whether it be college or high school or, or any type of training that they're going through, they want to go down and help. And, and uh, they spurn on activists uh, that really push this issue forward. Um, I wanted you to talk about the legacy because now we do have the Emmett Till Act um, anti-lynching, mm-hmm. but it took so long to get here. Yes, we have an African American museum where we can see uh, the various symbols. But I believe that with critical race theory being pushed and many amendments, we're talking about the 1800 after Reconstruction amendments. We're talking Plessy versus Ferguson and Jim Crow. We're talking all these things are a part of the American landscape and they are laws on the books. If you go back, you can look at probably about 275 laws. In the different states and much of them have been violated what do you think that the Emmett Till bill now that we do have it at least in name do you think that will help not only people wanting to learn about Emmett Till but uh, Lord of the Trayvon protests because we still have people being lynched you know uh, it just it just keeps going on and on you know Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor and um, a lot of people fought and have been fighting for hundreds of years for equality, just equality. Mm-hmm. Look at the backlash we have.
1: Yeah. I'll, let, I'll give you the floor. It's it's unbelievable that it's taken this long to pass uh, the, the anti-lynching bill. It's unbelievable. I, I was talking to a social studies teacher who the day after it was passed, um, mentioned the anti-lynching bill and asked her students, when do you think this bill was passed? It was a great social studies teacher question. And, you know, of course they guessed, oh, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. And so she told them yesterday. It is unbelievable we've waited this long for that bill. But we should be grateful It. It bears the name of Emmett Till, which will hopefully help us uh, remember him. And uh, its sponsor in the House, Bobby Rush, uh, he, he had uh, direct connections having grown up in Chicago. Uh, and he, when the bill was passed, could speak of his experience growing up Finding out about Emmett Till and how that influenced him throughout his life. So that is the good thing that comes out of it. Um, But you're right, things continue. It's like we have to hope that we see some steps uh, as after uh, the George Floyd killing that we it felt like we were making progress, but. there's been some a little reversal it seems also this push to 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 squelch conversation about race in schools to not talk about black history in schools uh so there there has been that reversal but hopefully people will um, pick up on the positive of of uh the the anti lynching bill having been passed and continue to move forward
0: and to learn about Emmett Till and to look at some of the parallels of he was accused of whistling at a white woman we don't know whether that's true or not Um, because if we look at history they said the same thing about the Oklahoma issue of Black Wall Street that started because of basically the same thing. And it's kind of a a thread where you have that same story Were those stories really true, we'll never know. But it's the same outcome. Um, And so when we look at our marchers today, whether it be Black Lives Matter or any of the other groups, because there's so many that are marching, including students against violence in their schools, um, we're seeing a whole new group of people step up. And I think it's awesome to see that. This book is an inspiration. I hope they put this in the public school system because people need to know that grandfathers, grandmothers, etc., kids, kids like themselves got out there and uh, they fought for some of the rights and we're still fighting. But they kicked the door down in such a big way. We did get uh, the 1965 voting rights, public accommodations, transportation. And busing in schools, finally, in 1972, uh, they kicked out a lot of doors. And many of these kids went on to be not only leaders within their own cities um, or states, many of them went national. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Bobby Rush. Right. You know, you mentioned, and, and he's just one of many, Marion Barry. Right. Joyce Ladner. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on. Bob Moses, um, you've got a lot of history there, but it started with kids taking the lead and moving forward and actually inspiring other people, bringing people on. I look at the pictures, and I I know that you've seen them probably more than me, of a young Uh, Jesse Jackson and a young um, uh, group of people with Dr. King. I saw one with Marion Barry as a student at Fisk. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. They look like babies. Right. They <laughs> And um, I think that this can inspire many people. You can get it on Amazon. Are you on
1: tour? Yes. Um, actually, I'm going to be leaving on April 25th. Uh, I'm going to head down to Mississippi and Alabama, and um, I'm going to be talking in some bookstores and in uh, the Smith Robertson Museum in Jackson. Um, I'm going to be talking in Birmingham at the public library. So, yes. Um, I am going to be doing that. People who want to follow me, I, I, uh, I have my webpage where I have my events. Um, it's Uh And uh, so, I yes, I will be going on tour. And I am so excited when I can get out and talk about the book. And as you say, my, my real intent in writing the book, I, I hope that uh, young people will read it. It will find its way into schools. I know I got an email from one of my former student teachers who said that he shared the book with one of his colleagues who teaches history, and she told some of the stories that I tell in the book. That (laughs) <laughs> that that warms my heart, and that's what I hope happens is this book finds its way into schools. Teachers use it. Young people read it, and um, they find out about what, what these amazing age mates did. What is your website? Robert dot com. Look forward to
0: seeing you on tour. Maybe I'll get my book signed. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I and
1: would
0: love um to. yes and wish you the best with this we hope you come back when you have other uh, books we would love to um have you back and i'm sure that there'll be a lot of things you can tell us about this wonderful tour i
1: i would i would love to i would love to keep talking about this and um and any future books i have thank you you take care okay same to you bye bye Bye-bye.